0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Coach by and Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. Now, before we get into the main topic, I just wanted to talk about pushing yourself. Now, this morning, I decided to get out of my comfort zone and attend a CrossFit session. One of my friends, Jamie, um, I see she's been doing it for a while, I think a good few years now. Um, and I will see on her socials her doing it, and it does look really, really good fun. Um, and I wanted to d- have a go this summer, have a little bit of an um, off season, off netball season um, try at doing something different. And it, you know, it's a really good way of combining uh, a bit of cardio and a bit of strength training. So I went along this morning. Now, I am quite an introvert, so I'm quite shy, so I was really, really nervous. And doing these things that you out of your comfort zone are such good tests of character. So I rocked up this morning. I was really nervous. Um, But, you know, big shout out to CrossFit Crawley. Everyone was really, really lovely. Um. I'd never done any kind of CrossFit training whatsoever. Um, So everything was, you know, the coach was really good at explaining things. um, And everyone was really friendly. Um, So I was really pleased that I went and I really enjoyed it. And if you ever want to know how hard you can push yourself, (laughs) go go and attend a CrossFit session because I tell you what, there were definitely times I thought I was going to, show the ladies exactly what I had for breakfast. Um, And, yeah, it was, I think I ended up doing, we did a mixture between, like, pull-ups and lunges in the main event. I mean, like, the warm-up, the warm-up itself was like a, um, uh, Oh, was like a workout in itself. Sorry, my brain went then. Yeah, the warm-up was like a a workout in itself. And then when we got down to the, the main section, Uh, We're doing a mixture between reverse lunges and pull-ups. And you can probably see the state of my hand. If you follow me on Instagram, my calluses have definitely uh, burst. Um, And I think I did, yeah, 210 reverse lunges. Um, So my legs were a bit shaky. Um, And I I don't think I've been that red uh, in a workout for a long time. But do you know what? I absolutely love it because pushing myself, you know that I really like that feeling. Maybe not in the moment, and uh, I really like that feeling of really push, pushing yourself and exercising. And I do not give up easily. You know, I've had similar situations where I've done quite a lot of endurance events. Um, so two ultramarathons, one 60 kilometers and the other 50 kilometers with limited training. I'll be honest, and definitely, no situations. A lot of it is mind over matter. Yes, training 100% helps, but even with a good amount of training, when you're doing an endurance event, you 100% have to be mind over matter and continue to push yourself. Um, and I think one of the hardest events that I have done was the Welsh Pelophone. Um, I think I was 11 or 12 weeks after giving birth to Reese. Why I thought that was a good idea, I don't know. So it's cycling. 147 kilometers from starting from Cardiff, going up to the Brecon Beacons and back down again. So the Brecon Beacons, if you don't know it in Wales, are mountains. I'm going to say mountains; they are mountains in Wales. Um, and I remember in the morning, <laughs> the morning of the event, I remember actually waking Reese up uh, about six o'clock in the morning so I could breastfeed him to give me the best chances of all oh, my boobs, the best chances of surviving the day. Um, and I remember getting to the finish line I, and just thinking that was just an out-of-body experience and I'm not really sure how I got through it, but it was 100% pushing myself mind over matter, just know the next step, all you got to do is the next step, just keep going, just keep the next step and you'll get there in the end. So getting out of my comfort zone and pushing or getting out of your comfort zone, pushing yourself can really make you realize what tough stuff you have made of. And it doesn't have to be like huge endurance events where you test yourself like that in a race or anything like that. It can simply be like going to a gym or going to a new gym. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll have seen that I changed gyms recently. I did it because it was more cost effective. Um, and the new gym has given me better opening hours in my old gym. And, but let me tell you, I, you know, Like I said on Instagram, I might be a personal trainer, but I was still really nervous about going. Like I knew where the gym was, but I'd never walked in there. So I didn't know where the toilets were, didn't know where the change rooms were, didn't know where all the machines were. So I was really, really nervous about going. But once you get over that, push yourself to go, get out of your comfort zone. And what have I got? I've got a more cost-effective gym that has better opening hours. The easiest option would have been just to keep going to my gym and going, oh, if only I could stay later or oh, if it, only if it was open at this time. And, you know, it's, you know, costing a lot of money. Um, so now I've done that, I can go to the gym, you know, reasonably confident. I know where things are. Uh, I know what I'm doing. Um, and so, you know, it, it, another way in which you can get your company, it could be simply like wearing a pair of shorts or trying new foods or trying a new restaurant or joining a new club of some sort, you know, whatever hobby you may have, doesn't have to be a sports club, and meeting new people. And each of these experiences will help to build confidence in yourself and get you to really realise exactly what you're made of and the fact that you can do it. And slowly but surely, do all these little things, and before you know it, you'll find yourself at a CrossFit session. Or you'll find yourself dying at a CrossFit session, which is what I felt like this uh, this morning. So, um, so I just wanted to start with that. So, yeah, another big shout out to Cordy CrossFit. They're super friendly. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if you if you live uh, local to me, then hundred percent go and get yourself down there. They have lots of different classes going on, so I highly recommend them. Anyway, back to our main topic today, which I wanted to. Use today's podcast to talk about scale weight, those shredded bloody scales. And I don't know any woman who hasn't been put off and pissed off with those numbers that appear when you step on them. So I wanted to explain exactly what they do and how they work, which I know sounds a bit silly when you think, well, I know what they do, Leanne. They tell me how heavy I am. So, yes, they do. But you know the feeling, you step on a scale one day and you see that you've lost a few pounds, only to step on it the next day and you see the gain, them all back and even, and sometimes even more. And it can be really frustrating and confusing, but it's important to understand why this happens. And this is what I want to use today's podcast for. So, first of all, it's important to understand that scale weight is not a perfect measure of progress. In fact, no measure of prog- progress is perfect but your weight can fluctuate for a variety of reasons that has nothing to do with changes in body fat. So for example your weight can fluctuate depending on how much water you are retaining, how much food is in your digestive system and even what time of day it is. So it's important to focus on trends over time rather than getting too caught up in day-to-day fluctuations. So one of the the biggest factor that causes um, scale weight fluctuations is this water retention. And your your body can retain water for a variety of reasons, from hormones to eating carbs, to eating salt, for not sleeping, for flying on an aeroplane, like literally so many different reasons. And one of them is also consuming a lot of salt. So if you eat a lot of salty food, basically if you imagine what salt does it dehydrates us so your body is going to keep some water in you so you don't shrivel up like a prune Um, and if you've ever eaten a Chinese takeaway and then weighed yourself the next morning you will know exactly what I mean. Chinese takeaway food is notoriously known for having high levels of salt so this will retain water in your body so you may notice an increase in body weight the next day and the vast majority of that is going to be due to water retention so next time you have a Chinese takeaway I dare you to try it step on scales the next morning and I bet you any money you'll see a huge increase on the scales and eating carbs like I say eating carbs is another reason and no carbs are not bad for you um But eating carbs can also retain water. You know, all that glycogen from the carbs that goes into your muscles will help to retain water in your muscles as well. Um, A heavy training session, flying on an airplane, not drinking enough water, or even hormonal changes, like I said, can also cause your weight to go up, even if you haven't gained any body fat. But on the flip side, you know, if you're dehydrated or you've been sweating a lot, your weight may even temporarily go down um, because because you're losing water weight. The same with, like, with carbs, because carbs will retain water in your system. That's why if you go on a low-carb diet or a keto diet, you think it's working extremely well because over the next week, you'll see a dramatic reduction in that scale weight. And that is not because you've lost that many pounds of body fat. It's because you've lost probably that much water in your system, in your body, because you're not eating any carbs. And therefore, you're flushing out all the water. And then as soon as you stop, because a keto diet or a low carb diet is, let's be honest, virtually impossible if you're not allowed to eat pasta or pizza or donuts or bread. I don't think I could ever do that myself. Then you'll see all that water come back into your system. You'll see the scale weight go up again. And you think, oh well, I've gained all the water, all the body fat back, but all it is is just water. Um, so you know, if, it, if this, you know, on that flip side as well, if you have a tummy bug, and who hasn't previously said, I know I have. Do you know what I could do? With catching, being ill, catching a bug, and then I can lose loads of weight. Um, and what it is, you'll step on the scales after having a tummy bug and you've dropped quite a lot again because you've lost all the water then you go back to normal eating and you think oh well my eating is so bad look I've put all that fat back on but it's not The vast majority of that's going to be water weight and what because what usually happens as well when when that happens you blame yourself you blame yourself for literally eating after being ill I know I've done this assuming what you've eaten too much um and you've just put the body fat back, back, back on and then we go into that self shame we shame ourselves for eating food I and mean, then what happens you you know what happens when you start to eat food again after having a tummy bug is you literally just have more food in your system which also weighs something you also have to start storing more glycogen in your muscles because you've eaten more which also retains water so imagine standing on a set of scales this is how I explain it to my clients sometimes imagine saying on a set of scales holding a plate holding an empty plate now if I start adding food onto that plate what's going to ha- happen to the number on the scale it's going to go up and it's no different if that plate if that food not the plate don't put the plate in your tummy but it's no different if that food was on the plate or in your tummy that food still weighs something and it's not body fat is it it's food And this is one of the reasons why you'll be heavier in the evening compared to the morning. And this is why if you attend, no names, but if you attend any type of group that encourages you to step on the scales in the evening, then I want you to call them out on their bullshit and also send them this podcast. Because you might that the way the weight your scale weight can fluctuate in the evening can be huge. If you don't eat a lot that day for whatever reason then your your weight is probably not going to be that much heavier than what you would have been in the morning. But if, you, if you have decided to eat quite a bit, again, no judgment here, but for whatever reason, then you weigh yourself, you might actually have put on quite a lot of weight. But it's because it's food. It's not because you've suddenly grown three pounds of body fat in the last few hours. And it's also worth noting, That if you're strength training or doing any kind of resistance exercises, you may also be gaining muscle mass, even if your scale weight isn't changing much. And especially if you're new to strength training, you've got that, what we call newbie gains, where you're able to build more muscle quicker than someone who's been training for a couple of years. And uh, muscle, muscle is also denser than fat. So it takes up less space in your body than fat does. Which means that you may be able to get leaner and stronger, even if the scale isn't reflecting it. So you might see, you know, those photos you often see online, comparison photos, where people are the same weight or even heavier, but they look smaller at the heavier weight because they've got muscle. So actually the muscle is taking up less space, so they look smaller, despite the fact that they are either the same weight or even heavier. So, you know, this isn't to say that scale weight is not a good measure of progress because it is, but it is to look at long-term trends. Now, I encourage my clients to weigh themselves every day. First thing in the morning, I always say first thing in the morning after going to the toilet, because if you haven't gone to the toilet in a while, that might increase the the scales and try it. Honestly, try it. Weigh yourself, go for a poo, then weigh yourself again. (laughs) Especially if it's a big poo, and you'll probably see the scales go down. So, first thing in the morning, after going to the toilet, before you eat and drink anything, and that will generally be your lightest weight of the day. Now, weighing yourself every day uh, might seem a little obsessive, but by doing that, it enables you to see the fluctuations that can happen overnight. Now, if your weight increases by a pound or so overnight then it's definitely less for you to worry about when I see that I'm like that 100% is not going to be body fat that increase so let's not worry about it so if your weight increases by a pound or so overnight it is unlikely to be body fat because in order to gain a pound of body fat You're going to have to eat. So, a a pound of body fat is equivalent to about three and a half thousand calories. So, you will have to eat around three and a half thousand calories over your maintenance in order to gain a pound. Now, for most women, that's probably in the region of about five to six thousand calories a day. And that's a significant amount of food. And even if you did, even if you did eat six thousand calories in a day, good luck to that you're not going to feel great I promise you that even if you did it's unlikely to be body fat because the body just can't process that food and store that energy that quickly and overnight if however you increase by pounds in a couple of weeks you could potentially argue that that is some body fat there I mean you have to take into account what your training is and what else, what other factors are going on in your life. But if you see a long-term trend going up, and I mean long-term is in quite a number of weeks, you know, at least three or four weeks, you want to be looking at trends. Not even week to week gives you enough. But if you see that scale weight going up, then you could argue that there is some body fat being stored. But again, long-term trends, if you see it going down, you could definitely argue there is some body fat being lost. So like I said, you might think that weighing yourself every day seems obsessive, but I would actually argue it in the other way. If you were to weigh yourself, say, once a week, you highly run the risk of missing any lows that you might have seen. So for example, your weight can change and will change across your menstrual cycle. Due to water retention and because of hormonal fluctuations. So if you weighed yourself on a Monday morning, then didn't weigh yourself again for another week, but that week later, you're approaching the end of your cycle. And when you weigh yourself, you're two pounds heavier, you might start to question that you even though you've done everything, you've done you know your steps, your training, you've kept your calorie deficit, now you don't understand why you're heavier. You assume that your diet isn't working or that it, nev- it never works for you. And so you may as well give up. Like, hands up who hasn't done that. And I know I have. And in fact, what probably has happened is if you've been ticking the boxes, the likelihood is you probably have lost some body fat. But because of your cycle and the water retention, the scale has gone up. So technically, the scale, you know, the water retention in you could have gone up by three, four pounds but you've lost one or two pounds worth of body fat. So the scale goes up by two pounds. But because also you didn't record anything in between, you've missed all those opportunities to see the scale weight go down. So you can see that by weighing yourself every day allows you to see those fluctuations, to see the lows, and give you a better idea of what is happening over time. Now, I still weigh myself every day and I still look at the trends, and make sure, you know, what's going on with my body. And I look at long term trends. And yes, when that weight goes, when I step on and I see the weight goes up, I get annoyed. I still get annoyed. And, you know, but it's literally just that moment and that second. And then I start thinking, oh, OK, what, what have I done yesterday? What did I eat? Did I sleep well? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Did I sleep well? Never a yes. But, you know, I start looking at that and I'm like, oh, okay, that's probably why that scale's gone up. Also, don't ever expect that scale weight to be exactly the same because it never is going to be. You're never going to weigh yourself and go, oh, I'm 76, 76, 76. It's going up. If you're maintaining your weight, the likelihood is you're going to fluctuate between one, maybe two kilos. And that is normal. That is maintenance. Okay. If you're trying to lose weight, then obviously you're looking at long-term trends. And as long as that graph is going down, then you are losing body fat. But alongside scale weight, the most important measure is most certainly taking photos. Whether you take them once a week, once a fortnight, or once a month, by comparing photos, you know, if you're ticking the boxes, doing your strength training, eating well, then you, you will see changes in your body over time and that's again what you're looking for you may not even see any changes on the scale but if you can see changes in your body then you are making a uh, really really good progress and you might even also like clothes is another measure of progress how your clothes feel but what i don't do is i don't define myself by that number anymore i don't react to it i don't change anything and this is the key takeaway. Often it's our reaction to that number that ruins our progress. It's that stepping on the scale, seeing it go up and go, well, it's not working. So I might as well give up. Giving up, if you're trying to lose some body fat, if you're trying to lose weight, the only way in which you don't do it is by giving up. So try not to react to that individual number. Look at long term trends understand what that number is really telling you and you're less likely to give up you know we use it as a reason as women we're terrible use that number as a reason to encourage ourselves to um, negative self-talk to berate ourselves it's just another reason that we can use in order to tell ourselves that we are not good enough and I've done so many years of that But I never really looked at the long-term trend of what was happening with that scale. And if we're using that as a reason and an excuse to not do what we should be doing, to not tick the boxes and really seeing what we are made of, then we are never going to make progress. So in summary, as you know, there are many factors that can cause scale weight Fluctuations, including water retention, changing your digestive system, changing your muscle mass, hormones, lack of sleep, flying. So it's important to remember that scale weight is just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to measuring your progress. Instead of getting caught up in the day to day fluctuations, focus on trends over time and celebrate all the small victories along the way and see what you're made of. If you need help, then come and find me on Instagram. I am at coach by Leanne. Come and ask me any questions about the scales or if you're interested in losing some body fat and want some help, want some accountability, then also message me and let's have a chat and let's see if I can help you. And if you're a netballer and you haven't heard of net strength yet, what are you doing with your life? If you haven't signed up for net strength, what are you doing with your life? So, um, come again, come and message me. I'll put the link as well to my webpage for Net Strength in the show notes. And come and have a chat with me. And I'm more than happy to explain a bit more about Net Strength. Okay, thank you very much for joining me. And I will catch you on the next episode. Bye.